So Crisp, a tasty bite-sized podcast that serves business, bravery, branding, beauty, sex, love, motherhood, womanhood, feminism, labels, psychology, marketing, messaging, mavenry, musicals, and the mess we call life. All deliciously dished up and ready to consume. In fact, is there anything we don't discuss? Not with Jay Crisp Crow, copywriting queen from Crisp Copy in the kitchen. I hope you're hungry. episode is brought to you by the crisp copy class where you get to spend three intense insanely fun months with me and a handful of other smart women in business to write your own diy copy with style and delicious words find out more at crispcopy.com.au now today oh my goodness i'm so excited we have lauren who is a sexologist and author and all-round queen lauren (laughs) this is how we start it's so crisp you have to tell us your favorite word (gasps) <gasps> libidinous Ooh, again. <laughs> libidinous yeah it's pretty good it's pretty good I like it now do you like it because it's like tremendously on brand for you as well as the fact that it just rolls out of your mouth like a marvel <laughs> yeah it's totally on brand it's mm. totally it's totally in alignment and it is at the heart of everything I do and how I live my life and what I'm I'm here to share with women of the world. So it just it just it clicks like Meccano, like Lego, like Duplo. <laughs> Take your pick of building blocks. <laughs> it just it just it feels good. It sounds good. It comes out good. <laughs> oh my god! Like we're we're a minute in and we're talking sex and Lego. This is the most exciting <laughs> thing I think I've ever done. Parallels. The parallels are endless. (laughs) Awesome. So the one of the reasons I wanted to chat you up today was because I I just adore reading your emails, and I'm really protective of my email inbox. Mm. Um, I'm like, yeah, I I, there's like a point guard, and he's like sweaty, and he and he keeps people out. Um, But I actually read yours. I love them, and I actually love every single thing that you write. I don't think I've ever read anything that you've written that I'm like, I love her. Um, and I think it's particularly hard when you have like a girl crush on a sex expert because that probably makes the crush even more like uber sexy. I'm slightly confused about my feelings. But I did want to invite you on to talk about all these delicious concepts that you love to talk about, like permission and sexy words and the kind of phrases that we kind of only whisper or giggle about. And you are like living large saying out loud. And on yeah. The- yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Favorite topic, favorite topic. It's a kind of well, it's not going to be a secret now that I'm saying it out loud, but I, I no, actually, I kind of put it on social media last year, but I actually think I'm more of a writer than I am a sexologist. Like they're very close together. It's like yeah. first place and joint first place <laughs> on the podium. Yeah, everyone gets a medal. Everyone gets a participation award. <laughs> um, but I love, I love the writing aspect. It took a little while just to warm up because writing mm-hmm. takes practice, but I love, so I love the words part. I love the mindset aspect of the work that I do. And I can say it to my clients. I say I love words and I love the power of them. So mm. when so you much so that you wrote an entire book full of them. Yeah, yeah. I kind of yeah, kind of clocked up 60K and um wow. yeah and put a lot of a lot of libidinous uh <laughs> juju into that book. Yeah, I love love writing. Love it, love it. 
Yeah. Are you uh, like you mentioned something in the um, when we were talking before the we recorded this about the um, your obsession and how you got published in poetry.com anthology. And <laughs> so tell us all about oh, an open mic poetry. I'm like, that's pretty great. <laughs> tell us all those. I want to know all of the stories. Well, as a um, as a slightly angsty teenager that was <laughs> obsessed with Sylvia Plath, not a lot has changed. <laughs> <laughs> I've just gotten twenty years older. Right. Um, I loved loved writing poetry as an outlet to express my dark moods and mm. you know and and the sense of injustice I felt and and the heartbreak I felt and the frustration I felt you know, going to an all-girls school and feeling a little bit limited in social contact with yeah. boys and things like that. So so basically I used poetry as an outlet. I bought one of those, you know, artline calligraphy pens and I bought a really beautiful book and I, I would take, I would draw these rough drafts and then I'd put the polished draft, I'd handwrite it into a book. And I've still got these books. They're really sweet. Mm-hmm. Um that, you know, some of the poetry doesn't make sense to a lot of people except for me, um, and that's okay. But I basically ended up um, becoming a member of the New South Wales Writers' Centre when I was younger and went to some of their informal poetry meetings and then went and spoke some of my poetry at the Brett Whiteley Gallery and, you know. That's amazing. And I just, I just wanted to play with it and I just wanted yeah. to express and I wanted an outlet and, and that inevitably ended up um, in the inaugural poetry.com. <laughs> anthology and if anyone knows what I'm talking about basically everyone gets published that's that really is like a participation award (laughs) it really is and when you get that email and we're talking before Facebook before social media all Mm -hmm. that when you get an email from them saying hey we'd love to publish your poem you've only got to pay $120 the first thing you do is go woohoo I'm a published poet I I win poetry for the universe look I think you'll be you'll be impressed then because my one of my poems that I wrote as a a, as an angsty teenager I sent into Dolly magazine and won a Lisa Hobikini whoa serious stuff you know I just I just started out high Lauren what can I say I just started high and and my expectations for my writing just went up from there yeah (laughs) um I actually started probably this is the Lisa Hobikini win was probably the reason why I studied poetry at university and did really badly the poetry um the poetry professor um liked me and I remember he was a really interesting man actually he um he ran a Perth-based group of people that um, swear that they have interactions regularly with alien life forms. And he said to me one time, I think I'd written something about um, weight. And he said to me one time, oh, my goodness, don't worry about that because when the apocalypse happens, you'll be one of the last to die. And I was like, oh, okay, because, you know, had so much extra spare in the tank that I could live on. Interesting dude. Ethical. Yeah. <laughs> really, really interesting. Anyway, so because you love all of these words um, and, and I like I love talking to you and I love reading your writing because so much of like what we learn about copy is about writing what you mean and then editing the heck out of it and killing all the good bits. Um, and what I love reading your stuff is that it feels expansive. Like one of the reasons that I open your email and it's like exactly the opposite of what I teach my people how to do um which is like send short sharp snappy emails that people can consume quickly and with yours i'm like right someone make me a cup of tea <laughs> I'm sit here for a minute 
and I'm just going to soak this yumminess up. But you managed to name your book with just one word. How did you manage that? Yeah. So in uh, May 2017, I was still quite postpartum from my second baby and was a little, knew that there was this massive fire in me, but was very, but I felt very, a little bit blocked creatively and I was trying to coax it out. So I bought a notebook and one day all I did was the word permission popped into my head. I wrote it down on one of the pages of the notebook and left it. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know how I was going to use it. I just knew that I had to write this word down. Come 1st of September 2017, I was sitting in the cafe and I opened the notebook and I saw the word. Just on, I flipped through that notebook to start writing down something else. And I flipped onto that page and I opened up and it still just said permission. And I went, oh there's the title of my book. It's here. It landed. It landed a while ago. It just didn't, it just wasn't ready to be birthed yet. Yeah. And um, from that day, the reason why I can remember that day is because it was just felt so poignant and it just felt like this channel opened from above my head and um, all the downloads started coming through the structure of the book. And the, the interesting thing about the structure of the book is um, the chapters are pretty much just in the order that they came through to me. I did not, I didn't sit there and mix them around and go, no, this should be the order. It was very, it was very organic in that sense. So yeah, so that one word just had so much promise and so much potential. And I don't think it's a word that I'll ever not use in this work because Mm -hmm. it's always going to be necessary. We're always going to receive crappy messages about our bodies, about our feelings, about our perceptions of sexuality and eroticism. And um, I think we'll always, you know, in, in subtle and overt ways need to give ourselves the green light to be what we want to be and do what we want to do. So I don't think permission's going anywhere anytime oh, soon. It's pretty timeless. It is very, very, it's just, it's just lovely. It's just a lovely concept. It's a lo- yeah. one word, lovely, lovely concept. What are some other words you love? What's another word I love? Scrum diddlyumptious. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. We can be sisters. I swear. Oh, we were sisters. Um, yeah, yeah. No, that one's, that, one, that one's just the first one that came to my mind because my, my older sister wrote a, a, a book when she was nine years old and in the book it was about her pet giraffe that, you know, and she woke up and it was all a dream and all, you know, that's the ending, <laughs> spoiler alert. But the giraffe's favourite word was scrumdiddlyumptious. Mm. <laughs> it's a fabulous word. My mum, oh, my God, my mum has such feels for the word frock. You literally cannot, it just makes her happy. Like if you just want, if, if she's sitting at the dinner table and you want to make mum happy, you just have to say, hey, mum, what about frocks? <clears throat> and she just <laughs> loves it. She just loves the word. It just lights her up. There's something yeah. about the word frock that tickles her fancy endlessly, <laughs> endlessly. I always liked, um, I really like serendipity because yes. of the little skip yeah. that it has. Yeah, it has that really nice. Your your lips do good things. I do. You know what is um, amazing about the word crisp is that it takes every single part of your mouth to say. So it's like an all-in word. You cannot be lazy with crisp. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can borrow it if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. I'll definitely borrow that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So what else? What else do you love? What else do I love? I love. I love playing with words that are really rigid and then opening them up to be something a lot softer. 
like, I, I like, that. I like, I really like taking words that are really um, rigid mm-hmm. and really <laughs> that just needs a roll of the R, yeah, rigid, it does. doesn't it? Yeah. Rigid. Yeah. Um, I'm taking rigid words and just going, ah, like allowing them to exhale by making them not so like so forced and hard and it's like they've got these these pokey corners I like just going ah let's take must and should and have to and let's soften them to like I can or I could or it's possible or so you're like you're playing with like word genetics you're you're helping an evolution of the 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 word I I like that so you can just add scientists now to your bio Oh, well, I, yeah, yeah, I will. <laughs> Good. I love it. So what do you think, um, what do you think that, so you, so you have this incredible life where you are, um, you're a writer and you help women with their, um, with their sex lives fundamentally and their feelings of intimacy and the way that they think about themselves and the way that they think about themselves with other people or by themselves that has to do with, um, with sex what do you think that people when when people think about you and your job and your chosen career and the business that you've built what do you think is the biggest like misconception of what you do the biggest misconception is that women are coming to me to share really saucy sexy stories of their life and um and I must admit that uh, that mis that misconception is more likely to come from a testosterone based body than an estrogen based body. <laughs> so basically, men are more likely to think that I'm listening to all of these juicy, sexy, crazy, wild stories in my practice. Mm-hmm. And what um, and what a lot of people don't realise is that people come to me because they're in pain. People come mm-hmm. to me because. Um, they have a pain point that they can't tolerate anymore. There's there's often um, there's often some trauma in the background. There's um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of tolerating. There's a lot of not being un- being unsure about where their boundaries are. So this work is beautiful and it's deep. But we but we start on the note of what's challenging and what's difficult and what's hard and what's um, yeah, what's painful. So it is, it, it, there are certainly points of lightness and there's certainly times of sharing, um, of story sharing. It's just not in the way that I think people think it is because people wouldn't come, if people are living this carefree, wild... I was going to say, how many, sex, how many sex stories do those guys think we have? Like <laughs> you know, you're saying all these wild stories and I'm like, oh, that would fill up like a half a session for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, there was this one time and it was crazy. <laughs> and, and then I met my husband and he's a lovely guy, but he's like super English. So when we met, he wouldn't even say words. He would go like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> and I would say to him, babe, if you can't say it, you can't have it. <laughs> we got to talk about it. <laughs> so gotta it's, talk um, about it. Yeah, talk so about it's, it. it's not what people yeah, it's it's not it's not quite what people think. And I think like to speak from a woman's perspective, I mean that's what a lot of men assume, but to speak from a woman's perspective, I think they think it's going to be heavier and more challenging than it actually is, if mm. that makes sense. Like it's very when 
when our throat is in lockdown and we haven't spoken about something that feels so taboo, taking that first step is huge. It's absolutely, it takes a big deep breath and, you know, just booking with me is a massive step. And I think they, I think they tap into very early on the relief that can be felt from saying things in a really safe, non-judgmental space. So um, I think, I think the challenge factor isn't as high as women think it's going to be, especially because the way I frame it is, look, this is a conversation. It's just not quite like any other conversation you've ever had. You're not, I'm not psychoanalyzing you. I'm not, I'm not um, asking you lots of like Freudian type questions where you lie on a couch and I'm all wooden and, and, you know, and, you know sitting back and and all of that so I think um yeah I think it's just not as just that first step is the scariest bit when, but when you're actually in that space it's um yeah it's uh, it flows and you mm. you gain a sense of liberation from that oh liberation that's a good one yeah, that's another like favorite that. word fave fave <laughs> top, top three top, at least top five <laughs> <laughs> yeah I love it I love it that, I think that liber- so many of us, I think, too, think that, believe that, because of all the stuff that we grow up with and all the things that we inherit, um, believe that sex is something that belongs in a box and it is outside of business and it's outside of writing and it's outside of life. And, you know, people who are sexologists and they deal with the stuff that happens between, you know, 9.30 and 9.45 at <laughs> night, at, you know, and it's, and it's really like a, a contained thing because it's a secret hidden part of ourselves. And they, I think what, one of the things that I love about you is that you see what it is like when a lot of the parts of you are healed and whole and everything is available in the way that you move through the business world. Mm. Um, and I think it, like if we could all just have a little bit of that. Mm. Imagine the things that we would, the ways that we would be able to connect with people when, when a whole huge massive section of ourselves isn't like clipped down in an airtight Tupperware container and stuck in the bottom of the... Yeah, agreed, agreed. And I think, I think when my perception is when it is in that, in that little box, I think women can overcompensate by reverting to um, kind of like sickly sweet feminine, but like yeah. overly feminine behaviours that kind of in general just grate on me a little bit. <laughs> to be honest, I think when we suppress our sexuality and it's got, or our libidinous energy and it's got no place to go, we, yeah, we tend to overcompensate in other ways by being overly friendly to people or like honey and lovely and all that sort of stuff. And do I just, not babe me. Oh, oh, do swear. not babe me. Do not honey Hun me. me. Not, yes. Do not lovely me. Thank Please don't. Sister. My name is Lauren. If you don't know me, my name is Lauren. That's yeah. full stop. Like, please just call me by my name. I don't know you. And, and women don't know when they're addressing other women whether that title that they've decided to assign to another person is actually a little bit triggering for that mm-hmm. person. You never know who's addressed that person in that way before and mm-hmm. what it might mean to them. So I just think, can we all just call each other by our names until we, we you know, develop a rapport and get to know each other? Maybe like, you know, maybe there's an inside joke that becomes a nickname, but until then, can we all just ah, use our libido to address each other clearly. I love that. That's yeah. a good takeaway. Yeah. Very nicely done. 
Okay, so before we wrap up, Lauren, what is so crisp in your life right now? What is so crisp? Words are so crisp. They are flying <laughs> thick and fast. Um, they fly, copy flies at me. I, I'm just, I asked my brain the other day, okay, brain, I love that you're throwing some copy at me for the next, like I can just, like the words are going blah, 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 blah. And it's, it's copywriting. It's not book writing. And I can mm-hmm. tell when the words come through, whether my brain's in a copywriting mode, not mm-hmm. that I'm a copywriter, but I really value it and enjoy being a part of that process. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, words, 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 words. Um, and um, you said obsessed. that you're going, you're going to hang out with a whole lot of sex birds in America. Yes, I am. And um, I couldn't be happier. I need to be, uh, after, you know, two babies and working on my biz, I just need to recharge the libidinous batteries by going overseas and just immersing myself with some other sex geeks hanging Um, out with your people yeah hanging out with my people and um god what a bunch they are like they're just i'm i'm totally i'm already inspired just by looking at the the program um it's a massive sex therapy conference um in philadelphia and i'm just super pumped well, I'm excited for you. Thank you so much for being on So Crisp. It is always delicious and delectable and <laughs> luscious to speak to you. Um, Thanks, Jay. You too. <laughs> this has been So Crisp and my special tasty guest has been Lauren, the red hot sexologist from Lauren White and the author of Permission, sold only where the very best books are sold. So go in and demand it. It's your right. Lauren works with women who want to move from anxiety and inhibition so they can source their libidos in life and sex. You may have noticed this is not your run-of-the-mill how-to marketing potty. We're looking for crisp and seductive and juicy and pleasurable and delectable new ways to discuss wordy elements. So if you have a suggestion, drop me a line. May your day be crisper than the day old sandwich I just found in my son's school bag. You've been listening to So Crisp with copywriter, copy coach and consultant Jay Crisp Crow. If you've loved this episode, get all the juicy details and links at crispcopy.com.au forward slash podcast. Make sure you never miss a bite by subscribing to So Crisp wherever you get your podcasts. Want to help us spread the deliciousness? Rate and review this show and share with your mates. Remember, if there's a copy question you want nibbled at, email me straight away right now.